What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? This is the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan podcast. Hi, we're Marsha and Michael O'Fay, authors, bloggers and recipe creators behind the Minimalist Vegan. This week on the podcast, we talk about the vegan trade-off. We specifically reflect on the honest truth about transitioning to a vegan lifestyle and how it can be an adjustment for your taste buds to continue to get excited about the food once you remove products that contain meat, dairy and eggs. I also share with you an experience I had a few years ago that showed me that I'm not missing out on anything by being vegan. I hope you like this episode. I'll tune in again at the end. Let's get started. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How you going, Marsha? <laughs> I'm good. I'm actually excited about this last minute topic change. Yes. Yes. Another, to give you guys some context, you know, we really need to feel enthused about the topic before we, just before we start recording. And there's been a few times where we've thought about talking about something, but then we take it in a completely different direction because we just had more energy about that area. And to give you guys some background information about what we intended in talking about is is because we're coming up to our five-year anniversary um, for being vegans, which is really exciting. And we wanted to talk about some of the common excuses and challenges for people not becoming vegan. Mm. But when we were looking at the talking points, because, you know, we've written a lot of content about this, it just... It, it was beneficial, absolutely, but it just didn't feel like we're getting down to the root cause of how people really feel and what resistance that they feel towards becoming vegan. So we thought we, we thought back to an experience that we had just last week, which really illustrates the picture here. And we ordered pizza. Yes. And we had no ex- car, yeah, we had so no we got car. delivery. We got delivery pizza. It was, it was fantastic. We were very excited. And uh, the pizza man came. We, we got the pizza. We opened it on the kitchen bench. And it looked amazing. Mm. It looked much better than what it normally does. Yeah. And um, Marshall was really quick to call it out. So, uh, you know, I took a bite and I was enjoying my pizza. So, we so yeah, you, you, backtracked. Okay. So, we kind of, you know, we took the first slice and... The cheese kind of, you know, strung out a little bit and it was still attached to the piece when we pulled it out. Yeah. And I kind of separated it. And I I still at that point, obviously, because I took a bite, it didn't process. But I was like, oh, they must be using a different cheese or it must be some newer, more improved cheese that they're using. Yes. I mean, I'm still yet to find a cheese on the market that's as stringy as normal cheese and a plant-based cheese yeah yeah but i didn't think too much of it so we take a bite and i'm like i don't think this is vegan cheese yeah it just tasted too good to be true yeah (laughs) yeah and that was the honest realization for me i if you didn't say anything i think it would have got I would have got to like the third slice until I would have started Connected to taste, like actually taste yeah. the difference. I noticed it when I smelt it. I was I like, see. this smells like dairy and yeah. it wasn't like it's, 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 not, it's not a nice smell. Like smell. <laughs> <laughs> it um, didn't smell. Yeah. So we, we called them up again and we reordered the pizza. They were very apologetic and they came in and delivered another two pizzas. 
but with the vegan cheese. Yeah. So we're on this very rare situation where we could literally compare side, side by, side, by side. side. Exact same pizzas, just exact same pizzas, two different cheeses. Two different cheeses. And um, let's face it, the, 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 the cheese, the pizza with the, the dairy cheese looked a lot more appetizing yeah. than the vegan cheese pizza. Yeah. And um, it's almost looked like they put more effort into the non-vegan I fe- one. I, I feel that way too. <laughs> um, so we had the vegan pizza and we loved it. Mm. But then it got me thinking about this, this topic today about the trade-off. The, you know, and I think a lot of vegans are scared to talk about the reality of the trade-off because they're so busy defending animal suffering. Yeah. Um, and thinking about all the great options we have. Yeah, but to give people an incentive to want to eat yes. plant-based and vegan foods. So it's always going to be that like, well, make it look more enticing and like, oh, there's so much choice and, you know, you're not going to miss out on anything. There's a massive variety. Oh, you want chicken? There's vegan chicken. Oh, you want beef? There's vegan beef. But it's not It's not the same. Yes, it's not the same. And this is... You're selling it to a, an omnivore. Yes, someone that's been that's been eating the same food for since the day that they were born probably a couple of years into yes their lives but you're trying to it's almost like you're trying to trick someone to believe that it tastes the same or similar enough i mean i think that there is a lot of products out there especially now that are getting better mm. and that are very, getting very close to the actual the, the substitute the non yeah what they're trying vegan. to substitute yeah. for um, but there's even things like what we talked about before, you know, Nutella is something that we both loved when we were young. Mm. And now there's the veggie spread that tastes even, I feel tastes even better. I think it tastes better. Than Nutella does. Yeah. And, you know, it's organic and yes, it's still got lots of sugar in it, but it's got organic ingredients and it's made with much like, I think it's got four or five ingredients in it. So yeah. it's very basic and it's made in Italy. Yeah. So for something like that to come out onto the market and dominate, you know, you just need people that are perfecting certain products and things that they are taking away from yep. such a popular product like Nutella. Yes. Like my whole family, when you brought that jar in, well, just everyone started, you know, enjoying it. Yeah. And I don't think that they... There was no trade-off. No. So, so like, you know, for somebody... And you know what? There was a trade-off for many years. Yeah. You know, let's Nutella, for example, because the alternative plant-based products, like chocolate spreads, yeah, they, they weren't... It, it went from a 10 out of 10 experience or 9 out of 10 experience to like a 6 out of 10. Because it would be mainly like you would... Well, the alternatives would typically be either really sweet because they'd have artificial sweeteners in there or would be kind of like the first introduction of dairy-free products. Yeah. Which weren't that nice. Or you'd have the healthy alternative, which was full of nuts and then cacao powder and... yeah. And like some sugar alternative sweetener in there as well. And if you don't get that balance right or if you're putting too many nuts in there and it gets too oily or, you know, something like that. Yep. It's not going to... Like you can't compare. You can't compare it to, to Nutella. Yes. So until it's very different until Vejo spread until came Vejo out. spread came out so so this is these are some prime examples of you know if you're listening to this and 
you're not vegan, but you, you kind of understand fundamentally the benefits of eliminate suffering, maybe some... A, 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 like a really natural plant-based diet might be beneficial for your health. Maybe you've considered it. Maybe your partner's vegan. You've got vegans in your in your life, but you're not sold on the idea of these foods creating the same experience to the ones that you've been used to over the years. And I think we just want to be honest in saying that we've been able to take a step back in this conversation and look objectively about these foods. And there is a trade-off. Yes, vegans are, are a trade-off. Yeah. For these plant-based alternatives. So, for example, when we went to Europe uh, back in 2015 to Slovenia, um, do you want to tell this story, actually? Okay. Yeah, because I think it's... It's, <laughs> it's my not. story to tell. It's your story to tell, yes. <laughs> when we were leaving for Europe, I said to Michael, so, Michael, don't hate me, but there's... On this trip, if we go to this place... I'm going to have this cake that in I love. So it's in Slovenia, there's a place called Lake Bled and they're famous for making um, sort of custard. So there's like a cafe restaurant yeah. on the lake. Yeah. yeah, and they specialize in this cake. Um, well, they specialize, but there's lots of different places that make it as well, but most people go and get it there and it's called Kremschnitta. Yes. And I said, and that's like a huge part of the attraction of going to like, yes, Lake Bled is absolutely gorgeous. Look it up if you haven't already, guys, on Pinterest. I think we've talked about it before, but then it's like you have to have this cake when you yeah. go there. Yeah, you have maybe a coffee and you have this cake. Yeah, and we've seen many YouTubers go there and, and eat yeah. it as well. And you so go there and everyone's ordering this cake. Yeah, it's like they a, make it in massive batches. Yeah. So, and I said to him, when we go there, I'm gonna eat it. Mm, yep. I know I'm vegan, but it's one thing that I just, I really want. Yep. And Michael looked really disappointed and upset with me, but I stuck by it. We went there with some family friends and I ordered it. I did feel... Why did you want it so badly? I don't even remember, to be honest. Yeah. Was I just... Was it from your childhood? It was probably, yeah. And it was probably more so that... um. I just wanted to experience it again. Sure. And at that point, we weren't planning on moving back. And I was yeah. like, well, who knows when I'll be able to have this again. Yeah. And it's part of the experience of going to Lake Bled, as we just mentioned. Yes. So, and at that, like, since then, we've been vegan, as we said before, almost five years. I've not, there's never been a time where I was like, oh, look, I'm just going to eat this. Yeah. So, I don't know what, Why? Yep. I can't even remember now, yep. but I chose to order it and not because I felt judged by you, but I I did feel guilt, but I tried to put that to the side and just mm. focus on, well, you want this, just order it and enjoy it. Mm. And I put so much pressure on myself yeah, and I, be good, right? yeah, <laughs> I put so much pressure on myself that it's going to be good needs to like it needs to be amazing to make it worthwhile for what I'm you know what suffering's going into this to actually enjoy it so I had it and I was really disappointed I didn't know it was almost like can we rewind this moment and I would not have ordered it yeah like all of this 
like if I was to choose one thing to ever eat again that wasn't vegan on purpose and I chose this cake, like it did not deliver. Yeah. And I was really upset with myself and I was like, why on earth did I do this? Mm. So, yeah. And then, just, we, and, then, and then after that, so we were in Slovenia for about a week and a half yeah. or something like that. And then we went to a vegan place Loving that was hut. back in the city. Yep. In Ljubljana. And we went to a Loving Hut restaurant and they had they had it there. The vegan version, obviously. Of and the we same both cake. Yep. Yeah. And we both had that. And it was amazing. So, I actually had a side-by-side comparison of a world-famous cake at a, you know, at a lake, at a tourist attraction. And I compared that to the vegan version and the vegan version absolutely trumped it. Yeah. And I was just like, why? And then it, then the, the feeling of guilt sunk in, into yeah. me even more. It's like, why did I sacrifice to have that? Do you think, though, there might be a bit of a placebo effect on your guilt and of the of the split test between the two different cakes? Did you think that because the cake wasn't vegan that you're eating? Like or mentally... Were you able to objectively look at how they tasted, I suppose, in this situation? Or was it all what you wanted to believe? Maybe it's because my taste buds at that point had already... Because we hadn't been vegan for, what, maybe a year? Yep eating something that's not vegan, my taste buds had adjusted to not having dairy and eggs for such a long time that I didn't actually like it anymore. Yeah. That's my kind of yeah argument for that. Yep. Before we move on, I just wanted to mention that we took two of my mom's friends to that same place. To Loving Heart, yep. To Loving Heart. And they... We shared the cake with them because they'd never been before, and they were they were really skeptical. They're like a vegan version of this cake. How is that possible? Because it's it's literally it's like a custard, so it's and um, cream, uh, cream, yeah. So it's very you know egg and milk heavy. Yes. And for them to imagine a vegan version, they were like, "What on earth is it made from?" Yeah. <laughs> and so they had it. And they actually agreed that it was better than the real thing. Yeah. So it just goes to show if you do something well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's just like the the veggie spread. It's like if if it's a good product, it's a good product regardless. Mm. And but more often than not, though, unfortunately, the trade off between um, a non vegan and a vegan like product that's just trying to do the same thing. So, like for example a sausage versus a vegan sausage. Right? A lot of people can taste the difference there. Yeah. And and then there's there's a drop in experience. So and and I just wanted to make the point like when we got this cake, well when you got this cake in Lake Bled, when I was sitting there watching you eat it, ironically there wasn't a part of me that had any feeling of missing out. And I was, it was just an added bonus but that by the time we went back to Loving Heart that I got to have that same experience. Mm. And, but, well, an even better experience. Well, yeah, according <laughs> to you. But at the time, I didn't feel like I was missing out. Mm. And I think this is the point that I want to get to because I know there's so many people out there that 
perceive that there's going to be such a huge drop in experience by adopting a vegan lifestyle in all of the foods that they're so used to enjoy, like they're enjoying eating over the whole lifetime. And I'm here to say that I think it's true to an extent. There is a trade-off. We saw the vegan pizzas, completely different experience. But I think when you start to see the whole life cycle of the impact of your choices, I don't know, you start to look for different experiences, I feel, when you become vegan. Mm. And Well, because you see the pain and suffering, so that's not an experience that you want to have. Yeah. Because when you look at cheese, you see the abuse that goes on in the dairy industry. You know, yes. when you see eggs, you see the abuse that goes on with male chicks being, you know, ripped to shreds alive. Yeah. When you see meat, you see that as a dead carcass. Yeah. So it's a completely... It's a different perspective. Yeah. It's a completely different perspective. So those things don't appeal to you at all. In honesty, it actually completely deters you away. So you, you kind of seek it for other things to fulfill the taste buds in that sense but not the the you don't want that feeling yeah to come back yes of the reality of what's actually going on yes so then it becomes this balance of um perhaps in 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 most cases a slight drop off in taste Mm. but there is some examples where the vegan alternatives can be better now that's all subjective to what your taste buds are like Mm. um versus you know making decisions in line with your compassionate values Mm. right and 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 if is it all worth it in the end and then the other thing is about how your taste buds adjust over time yeah like you said before yeah um i don't know do you I, I can't even I can't even reflect to see how long that took because all I was eating was plant-based foods when mm. we became vegan. But I think my taste buds adjusted because I started to look forward to different foods. Like I was just telling you off air, like if you asked me six years ago, you know, if we went out to a restaurant and I had the option of getting like, let's say a beef patty burger with cheese and mayo and lettuce versus a barbecued called jackfruit burger first of all i wouldn't know what a jackfruit burger is do you know what i mean so i'd Mm. go with a beef patty all Mm. day every day to now having an acquired taste for jackfruit Mm. and looking forward to that Mm. whole experience but again you don't feel like you're missing out on anything because you actually genuinely enjoy the taste of it yes so and and and, then it's not a comparison anymore yes but the comparison you're making is amongst vegan ops vegan foods now yeah do you know what i mean yeah you've got choice yeah you've got choice so we'll be comparing different curries with each other we'll be comparing different burgers different fake meats different vegan cheeses different you know how many times we talked at length about the best plant-based milks that you can get for your coffee Mm. You know, it, it, the the narrative changes completely. It's like you've moved books, you know, so you're not actually even thinking about the drop-off or the trade-off um, in those moments anyway. But now I want to talk a little bit about expectations. Mm. Do you feel like your expectations since becoming vegan in terms of how food should taste has changed? I mean, even with vegan food, I go in there. Well, it depends where you have the vegan food. Sure. So if it's in a place where... They're literally just taking a few bits off the actual meal 
to make it vegan and not substituting it with something else, then I don't have very high expectations because I know that they're probably removing the parts that actually make the meal something yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Compared to going to a fully vegan place, so that the example, your expectations so an example to give paint a picture could be pizza again, but then you go and you order pizza on the menu. But to make it vegan, they have to remove the cheese. Yeah. But then they made that recipe with the cheese being the key component to make it taste good. Yeah. So it's going to be a dipping experience once you move the cheese. And they don't have like vegan cheese as an alternative, Or for even example. just more toppings just yes. to fill it out a little bit more so that it's not like half the toppings. Or, you know, like if you're already taking the cheese off, add more of the mushrooms, add more of the rocket or whatever yes. is going on the pizza just to just to give it more flavor. Yeah, I see. Um, so that every bite you take, you get some of that rather yes. than every few bites there's there's a piece of vegetable on there. So yeah. I think it's it's important to acknowledge that the expectations are adjusted depending on where you're going. Let's talk about that a little bit more because I think that's a really good point in terms of the uh, let's just call it out what it is, the inconvenience. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, being vegan, even with so many options available now. Um, you, you know, you see it particularly when we travel, when we travel overseas, when we go out, there's an added layer of thinking that you have to do and planning yeah. Yeah. that you have to do. Um, if you want to have a good experience or not have to search for food for two hours, jumping from restaurant to restaurant or cafe yes. to cafe going, have you got any vegan options? And then they look at you and especially if you're in a foreign country, they might not understand exactly what you mean and yes. still bring you something that has butter in it or that yes. has bits of bacon because they, they didn't understand what you meant to begin with. So yeah. there's more room for error in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if you go to a country where it, a big part of the culture is to use animal products like France and butter <laughs> go yeah. hand in hand, uh, that comes to mind. Um, you know, it might be yeah more inconvenient or it might be a perceived drop in ex experience yeah. because you're not able to consume a food that well, is Well, that's so what happened to us in Italy, remember? Even just going to vegan places, our expectations were high and we searched high and low for them yep but they just they didn't you know the reviews were great yeah but then they it's probably didn't changed meet now expectations yeah this was four years ago yep yeah absolutely so yeah i think you i think if vegans were honest with themselves i think they lower the expectations i think when they become vegan they lower the expectations of one what is available to yep. eat and two what that food is going to taste like you know, but so they also make compromises just to be able to get fed. <laughs> correct. Um, so I think that's probably not talked about enough. And if you're not vegan, we're not saying this to scare you away. We're just trying to actually tell you what the reality is yeah. um, about what that transition looks like. But but uh, to reassure you, though, uh, your taste buds change and you look forward to different things. And there are some vegan foods that are just, they eventually just taste better than what you ever thought they could. Yeah. Um, so don't be let down from the first experience that you have with it because, you know, most of the time it's actually going to get better with time. Yes. And can I just say, like, th there's something really magical about eating food that you enjoy, that's plant-based, knowing that you haven't paid to have animals suffer, suffer in the process. Yeah. Like, there's something feels so good about making that decision mm. that 
even from a placebo and then a subconscious standpoint, it makes eating that food taste better mm. because you've made that decision. Yeah. And I think you cannot overlook the power of that. And it broadens your perspective on what's possible with food as well. Yes. Because when you have an omnivorous diet, you tend to, yes, you have a variety, but you also end up most of the time eating very similar foods. Sure. But when you become vegan and you start experimenting with new things, like you probably would have never considered having a jackfruit burger Mm. when you were eating meat Mm. because you go for the safe option that you know will satisfy that's on the menu. Yeah. So I think you end up being much more adventurous with your food options and finding out new things that you really will actually enjoy. Yes. So and it's not... pumpkin soup. You know, Marsha is a big soup person. Uh, you really love soup. And I, I don't mind soup, but like it has to be very hearty. This is where our cultures are very different. Yes. Like soup. <laughs> our, our growing up. Yeah. So like soup in my family and background is always really thick and hearty. And quite frankly, it had a lot of crabs and fish and meat and stuff in it. And peanut butter. And peanut butter. <laughs> um, actually, we've got a, I've got an African peanut soup recipe. My only recipe I contributed. Mm. No, surely you've contributed I think that's more. It. Yeah. I'm proud of that one, though. Um, <laughs> I'll link to it in the yeah, show notes. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, anyway, so, and, and Marsha quite often would make pumpkin soup. And I just, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, I just find it really boring. The texture, the, 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 it's just so singular. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so she challenged herself. She said, okay, I'm going to make a pumpkin soup that Michael's going to really love. So you, um, you, you made this like little seasoned chickpea well i actually added some things into the pumpkin soup itself right so i added ginger so like compared to the typical pumpkin soup i'd add ginger more garlic and um mild curry powder as well i see so it was a different type of pumpkin soup yep yeah and it's delicious and then you had the so I'd have like curried croutons. So I'd do, well, I'll link again to the recipe, but it was like mustard seeds. Then I'd fry off again some garlic powder and, and curry powder, then add in croutons. So yeah. just I'd literally just chop up some some bread, throw that in there, fry that off, crisp it up a little bit. Yeah. Then add in chickpeas. Yeah. And then again, saute that off more and then put that, on top of the pumpkin soup with some coriander. Yeah. Obviously seasoned as well. It's so delicious. And it's really nice. It's good. Got it's got a lot of flavour. Mm. And um but yeah, that's what I mean. It's like in that perceived constraint of pumpkin soup. Look of at the making cre- Michael eat yeah. pumpkin how look, will I get this man? <laughs> but look at the creativity that comes out of that. Mm. And I think um, the lo- a lot can be said for the you know plant based cuisine of how much creativity can come out of it mm. um, in the perceived constraint. And I think there's a lot of people doing cool things from something that's supposedly bland to yes. someone's palate to actually make it a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. and something that they look forward to. Yes. So, and again, this is something that can happen to you when you're going out if you're in an area where the cafes and restaurants they you know they serve you a side salad as a vegan option well you're yeah. not going to be that enticed yeah. to to be vegan or to continue eating vegan out because there's nothing exciting about it yeah but you can go to another place and they can give you the most amazing meal you've ever had in your life vegan or not 
it completely changes the way that you see yes. the food. Yes. So um, I think experiences and, and, and they're definitely getting better. Mm. You know, even just going to weddings, and I think that's a really good way to judge how things are improving, is going to weddings year to year and seeing how chefs are challenging themselves to create something better. And it's interesting because we went to a wedding last month and we went to a venue where we were considering to have our wedding. And I remember when we contacted them. End of 2015. Yeah. I asked them, can you do, because we wanted to do an all vegan wedding. I asked them, could you do a vegan menu? And they said, look, we can't offer you anything because our chefs feel that they wouldn't be able to do their best work if they were constrained with producing a vegan menu. So it's like, that's fair enough. But it's interesting. We went to this venue a month ago and the food that they gave us was really good. Mm. Like it was, I mean, I don't know, obviously maybe in that time chefs has changed. and But I think that even with the popularity of veganism, they would have been forced from wedding to wedding mm. to create food that was enjoyable for the vegans at the wedding Mm. they might have even since done a couple of vegan weddings who knows yeah but times are changing and you know a lot of restaurants and cafes are forced to have vegan options on their menu and to think outside of the box to create something because there's definitely a market for it yeah and for vegans to brag to other vegans about this food and even when they're out with their friends for their friends to see how the food looks and you know yeah. can actually look really good. Absolutely. But I digress. So But yeah. you what but you make a good point. I mean just think about the trade off for vegans twenty years ago. Yeah. Can you imagine that in terms of the, the lack of alternatives in the marketplace? But it would have been cared. soup, tofu and salad. Yeah. <laughs> but they cared so much about the cause that the trade off was worth it for them. Now the trade-off gap is closed a lot, right? Yeah. So we've gone gone from a ten out of ten experience for eating, you know, animal products. Yeah. To like a four out of ten, in nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. Okay. And now you're going from a ten out of ten to maybe a seven out of ten on average. Mm. So it's never been easier to make that transition, but there is a drop-off. Mm. I but mean, it's getting again, better. it depends on where it you depends, go depends and depends who's where making going, the food, where you are in the world, who's yeah. making the food. But let's just say, on average, there is. Yeah. You know, again, so- sausage for meat and a vegan sausage. Yeah. That that sort of direct comparison. Yeah. Um, and this on look, a global scale. On a global scale, and and look, the drop-off is there, but it, the gap is, short, is is shortening. And and if you ask any vegan, it's completely worth it. They don't even think about it. Yeah. Well, I guess I should say that the reason that you do this is not for yourself. Yeah. And you still enjoy food, like. I haven't cooked as much as I have since we've been vegan my whole life Mm. and experimented with as much food. So it definitely pushes you to challenge yourself. Yeah. You also think having a recipe blog would do that too. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, that's a given. But as well, you still want to enjoy the food that you eat on a regular basis and you don't want to be boring with it. Yeah. Or compromise the quality in terms of the nutrients and vitamins that you're putting into your body. In all honesty, the things that definitely makes me feel good about missing out or not having the same experience as other people might be. 
especially when traveling, is the fact that I'm not contributing to more animals dying. I would rather eat food that I can eat with peace of mind than know that I've contributed to another being being killed or exploited for my meal. It's you, you just you can't beat that. Mm. So regardless of the taste buds, for me it's like, well, have you contributed to suffering or have you not? Mm. At the end of the day, that's the question that I ask and I can sleep well at night besides after eating the Kremschnitter, knowing that my conscience is clear and that I have not, with my actions and with what I'm putting into my body and on my body as well, is not contributing to any suffering in the world. So it's very simple. Yeah. It's very, very simple when you look at it that black and white to make a decision as to why you're vegan and why you're not vegan. And any excuse can come up. You can say a million different things, but at the end of the day, the question's going to be, do you feel comfortable contributing to animal suffering or not? Yeah, and we wanted to talk about this trade-off in the taste of food because in all the conversations that we, we've had and we've observed by, with the excuses and objections towards veganism, when you strip it all down, Mm. At the core comes down to this perceived trade-off in experience and food. Mm. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in a situation, I don't want to assume, but, I, but, but I'm thinking you're probably in a situation where you're, you can have, you have access to vegan products at your fingertips. So... If you have access to these products uh, and there are alternatives, then it just comes down to preference and taste mm. fundamentally. Mm. I mean, this is when it the objective is that it doesn't taste as good or I'll miss the taste of it. Yeah. So you've got the alternatives there, but we're not saying we're not actually encouraging you to eat a lot of those alternatives because they're not. They're not health, like they're yeah, not healthy yes. for you. No, so we're talking about like the process. You're talking about the process stuff in that context, but yeah. But even even so, like yeah, if it's processed or not, there are alternatives available. So yeah. what I mean is like you're not hunting for food out of necessity. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're not that small fraction of people in the world who are in that situation, then you have alternatives. So then it just comes down to preference. Yeah. And when you strip it all down, it just comes down to this. So even if you start with those alternatives and then you move into more of a whole food plant-based diet, yes. again, because your taste buds evolve over time. Yes. So you might get super excited about a lentil stew, which before you were vegan, you would have been like, why on earth would I eat that when I can have a beef stroganoff yes. instead? So you get excited about different things and you know why you get excited about those things because your values and the way that you look at the world changes completely. Yes. So you feel good about it. Yep. Marsha, I think we should leave it at that. That's Yeah, nice work. Well done. All right, I, I think that was, a, that was a good topic. I'll let you um, talk about the rest in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll, look, we'd love to hear from you as always uh, about this topic, about taste, about perceived trade-off, about resetting expectations when you're vegan. Is it worth it? How do you feel afterwards? 
Um, you know, let's just get to the core of it. Let's just call it how it is. This is what it comes down to. It's a taste and a trade-off. Mm. It's it's easy, guys. Let me just say, <laughs> I love food. I loved meat. And it's my expectations have been completely reset. And I look forward to just different plant-based foods. To pumpkin foods. soup. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, pumpkin soup's improved. But, like, you know, I've had some really incredible food that I never would have experienced if I was on the path I was on before I was vegan. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I've been exposed to some really different and exciting experiences. Um, so it's possible. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Bye. Did you expect it to go in that direction? We didn't want to talk about veganism in a way that will set up others who are transitioning up for disappointment if they're told that it will taste the same. It's it's just not realistic. As I said before, the bottom line is plain and simple. Are you contributing to animal suffering or not by choosing to live this way? I think that this is reason enough to continue the pursuit. I hope it's given all of the non-vegans out there something to consider from a really honest place of what the transitioning experience can be. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave a comment in the show notes or reach out to us via email or social media. We always love to hear from you. We'd also love a five-star written review from you on your favorite podcast app. That always helps others find us. You'll find the show notes over at theminimalistvegan.com slash 024. That again is theminimalistvegan.com slash 024. Thanks again for tuning in and catch you again in the next episode. Bye.